Good evening. I greet everybody in Jesus' name. We'll get started. Good to see everybody in here. Good to be in church again. Praise God. I'm thankful to be here. I was uh, thinking about tonight's service uh, earlier today, this afternoon, later on this afternoon, and uh, I asked Brother Quake to minister to us. I said, it's, you know, whatever you feel, if you feel you you, you don't want to, that, that's fine. I said, I'm just putting it out there. And he said, I can minister. I said, okay. But I was uh, just, uh, my mind was on the Lord while I was feeling the, the Spirit of God moving on me. Yes, sir. And uh, anyway, I, this, was, this was laid on my heart. So I'm going to read it. And I'm reading out of Revelation chapter 3, verse number 19. As many as I love, mm -hmm. I rebuke and chasten. Be zealous, therefore, and repent. Yes. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come in to him and will sup with him and he with me. To him that overcometh will I grant to sit with me in my throne even as I also overcame and am set down with my father in his throne. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. Hallelujah. Mm. Yes, yes, yes. In my mind, I kind of got a picture of walls. I got a picture of barriers. Now I was thinking to myself, you know, I just uh, thought to myself, you know, what, what, what does that exactly mean? And, and it was like the Lord said, my people have been putting up their walls and their barriers and keeping me from coming in. Mm. So I thought about that. And uh, if only, and, and here's the thing, we all have our limitations. We all have an extent that we go to as far as serving God is concerned. We have our weaknesses. Mm -hmm. We always seem to focus on those rather than our strengths. Yes. But so I pray. I, I pray. I said, Lord, if that's if that's what it is, and that's because I I've been praying. I said, God, if you would please just show me exactly what it is, so I could somehow minister to every person that needs. I mean, I want everybody in here to be able to experience what it is to be truly saved and an overcomer. Yes. Be nice. I mean, yes. that would be the ultimate, the ultimate victory for everybody. 
Praise God. Amen. It's just like, and here it was just not even, not even after I just uttered it, just uttered it because of my concern. It was just like the Lord, I could feel the Holy Ghost come. It was just like he laid that on me right away. So I knew. Praise God. So I'm praying, my prayer is that, my prayer is that we're coming into a new year pretty soon. A few, a few days here, we'll be ushering in a new year. Man, I, and you know what? We, there definitely needs to be changed. I need to be changed. Yes. I know you need to be changed. But we need to come to that place where we can just pour ourselves out to the Lord and let Him come in. Let Him come in. Open the door of your heart to Him. Yes. Let Him walk in. Have that fellowship. Have that communion with Him. That's my prayer. Mm -hmm. So let's pray tonight. Let's bind together. Everybody knows. Everybody knows. You, you know your heart. Yes. You know the things that trouble you, that hinder you. Amen. So let's pray. Thank you, Father. Thank you for the opportunity, Lord, to be in this place, to come into your presence, O God, to lift you up, O Lord, to give you glory and honor, Lord, to worship you in spirit and in truth. And I pray, Lord, that as you look down upon us, God, you know what our hearts you know our hearts, Lord, you know our, our thoughts. You know everything about us, God, and I pray that you administer. Lord, that you draw that, Lord, us we can have liberty in you, God, in this place, and that your spirit can move freely. Lord, that you touch every soul, every heart, every spirit, Lord. I pray. Amen. Have your way, Lord, in this place tonight, God. Amen. Jesus, let our ears be open, Lord, that we may hear. Our eyes that we Lord, may see, Lord, and our hearts, Lord, that we can be converted unto you. Lord, you know what stands in our way, Father. I pray, God, that you would bring down those walls and those barriers, those bulwarks, oh Lord, whatever they may be, God, the weight that so easily besets us, the sin, oh God. I pray, Lord, that God, those barriers will come down, that your spirit will move, Lord, in the mighty way. Bind us together, Lord, that we can truly be one body, in one place, in one mind, in one accord. God, minister unto us, Lord. Speak to us, Lord, God, your holy word. Amen, God, help us, Father. Lord, that we can have a hunger and a desire for you, Lord. That we can humble ourselves before you, O God, in this place. Bless our worship, bless our praise. Bless, O God, our testimony in this place. Bless the ministry of your word, Lord. Bless the man of God. Amen, Lord. We pray, Father, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Let it be done, Lord, in this place. And everybody say, Amen. Amen. Offered to fix my hair, but I declined. <laughs> but I made it, amen. And I'm so glad to be in the house of God. There's nowhere else I'd rather be on a Wednesday night than here with you folks and with the Lord. Yes. I'm going to worship Him. Yes. Let's just welcome His Spirit into this place. Thank you, Lord. Oh, we have come into this place.
First lands right on Sunday morning. Wow! But we'll have the Lord's Supper on Sunday morning. Uh, we're only going to have one service on Sunday morning. Will be the Lord's Supper, due to the fact that uh, you know, as far as everybody preparing for our gathering at the Armory, and I think we start at uh, six o'clock, seven. Okay, so seven. So and then going until one o'clock so and the reason why I uh, only once we're, we're going to have a a service Saturday evening six o'clock or six o'clock prayer 6 30 service Saturday evening we're going to get this have an evangelistic service and have church that evening that way we can just have a Lord's Supper that next morning and then finish with that and everybody can prepare for what's going to be that evening because that's going to be a long day and uh Praise God. So rather than tire everybody out with two services that day, we'll just have the Lord's Supper and then we'll everybody will get ready for what's going to happen uh, on New Year's Eve. So I'm just letting everybody, everybody know what's uh, going on. Pray for Brother Chuck and Sister Linda. They won't be able to make it, but they are planning on coming down. He has one treatment that he has to finish up that following uh, Wednesday after the first so uh once that's done then they plan on coming down but they're going to come down and spend some uh, uh at least maybe four or five days with us they want to be in fellowship but he was hoping that his doctor would excuse him for that for the week that weekend but he said no he said he'd rather him stay and get that finished so that's what they're going to do they're kind of uh you know a little sad that they're going to miss the lord's supper but they still want to be in fellowship with us so so let's remember that. Praise God. I think that's everything. One more thing. Um, Sister Stephanie is trying to get a bounty house for all the little kids. Okay. So she said if she can get 13 people to donate 20 bucks each, that'll pay for it. So get a hold of her because she's keeping track of all that if you want okay. to Okay. Did everybody hear that? Mm -hmm. A bouncy house for the little... Yep. Oh, that's for that evening? Yep. Okay. That'll be for that. Okay. Yes, on the 24th. On the 24th. Oh, yes. No. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. We will. <laughs> Praise God. I'm glad you asked that. Yes, there is service on the 24th. Yes. Both services. 
both services. Amen. Is there anything else? Is there anything else while I'm up here? Praise God. I don't write down anything, so sometimes I forget. Hallelujah. But I'm glad to be here, and I'm glad Brother Craig and Sister Taryn are here with us. Joanna. Preston. Yesterday the trembles left. It was good to spend time with them, and and uh, they've been here with us. We've been visiting. We've been having good fellowship, Other, you know, besides other things, and they're preparing for Cassie's wedding next month. And so, amen. that's another big event. Another big event, and uh, praise God. But, I, you know, I really appreciate the fellowship that uh, I'm able to have with brethren when they come through here. And, and uh, it's always good. Always things that we talk about, and not just pertaining to ourselves, and especially, you know, the work of God that we're... Uh, involved in and, and the ministry uh, so many people that we know that you know praise God that we obviously touch base on and yes. we're concerned about and we're praying for uh, I want to mention pray for uh, Marsha Thinelk Tallman my wife has been speaking to her and we've been talking to her and she wants she wants to be filled with the Holy Ghost. And she hasn't been baptized in Jesus' name yet, so we're working on her. Amen. But she's open to it. That's the good thing. Amen. And so I left that water baptism tank up for that very reason. I feel like I told my wife. It was it was kind of amazing that morning because I woke up and I was getting ready. And, and, um, and I was in... Uh, Brother Craig and Sister Taryn were in our room and I was bunking with Sandy... <laughs> And uh, for whatever reason, she she came on my heart that morning, and I thought, wow, okay. So I start to pray for her, and I go, <laughs> lo and behold, I go in the, in the other room, and Sister Betty's talking to her, <laughs> and and uh, praise God. So so we're doing our best to reach out to her. We've known her for years, and man, that would be nice to get her in here and baptized and full of the Holy Ghost. She says she wants to be filled with the Holy Ghost. Amen. So, Let it be, God. Amen. So we'll pray for her as well as anybody else. So without any further delay, I want to ask Brother Craig to come on up and give the Lord a hand clap as, a hand clap as he comes. Come on. God does things that you just learn not to question. I felt a lingering spirit since we've been here Sunday. The question has been asked me every day, are we leaving? And I said, I don't think so. I didn't know why. I just felt a nudge in my spirit. The only thing I needed to do was pray. But this is as much for us as it is anybody else iron sharpeneth iron and in that literal physical realm I don't know how that works 
I've been sharpening my chainsaws and I have this metal file. And I thought about that the other day when I was sharpening the chains on them saws. It takes iron to sharpen that iron. Yeah. So I've been basking in the presence of your pastor, listening. We've been talking, enjoying one another's fellowship, and then people have been sneaking in goodies. <laughs> That's the plus to it all. Cake and salty nut roll and, and then just a host of other things. And one of my favorite dishes is chicken. I'm faithful to my calling. I love chicken. And if you listen to this on the podcast, then your stomach will probably start growling. I like fried chicken. I like, you know, as long as it's cooked, I'll eat it. And just thought I'd put that out there so maybe next time you can. Whether it's the Colonel's or Toby's, I'm going to eat it. <laughs> Someone said one time that was Peter's revenge. The rooster told on him. So we've got to go to bat for old brother Peter. How dare you? As you take a bite of that great big old breast piece. Thank you for allowing us Brother Harold and Sister Betty, and I do not say that disrespectfully. Thank you for making room for us. And those of you that have come over and visited, spent some time, thank you for allowing us into your circle and taking some time to talk with us, visit with us. Um, it's invaluable. You'll, you'll never know what it does because we are just like anybody else in ministry. There's times when we just need that stuff. We get lonesome, we get tired, we get weary just like anybody else does. And when we can sit down and just enjoy one of those company, that is, there's, you can't put a price tag on that. So thank you so much. You know, it's, it's easy to pour out, but you gotta recognize when you need something poured in you. Amen. It's always easy to do the talking, but sometimes you've got to be willing to do the listening. And that's so hard for some of us, isn't it? Amen. And all the quiet ones said, Amen. <laughs> Let's hasten to the word of the Lord. and We're going to start in the book of Philippians. Thank you so much. I give honor to this ministry Galatians Ephesians and then Philippians give honor to the ministry and then to the musicians and singers thank you for taking us into the presence of God I, I thoroughly enjoy coming here and being a part of the worship it's just it's amazing it's amazing to feel the Holy Ghost let God just pickle our spirit and get us ready for his word. So Philippians 3, if you have it, Amen. say I'm there. And I'm going to start reading at verse 10. Philippians 3 and 10. That I may know him and the power of his resurrection. 
and the fellowship of his sufferings. That just does something to me right there. Oh my. Sister Melissa, there's a chorus comes to mind. How can someone like you love someone like me? Why would a king leave everything just to come and die for me? The fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable unto his death, if by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead. Not as though I had already attained, either were already perfect. But I follow after, if that I may apprehend that for which also I am apprehended of, Christ Jesus. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do. Somebody say, Paul did one thing. Forgetting those things which are behind, it's one act, it's one movement, and reaching forth unto those things which are before. I press toward the mark for the prize. It's not the same thing. He distinguishes two different things. One's a mark, one's a prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Let's pray together. Lord God, I pray that you would help us tonight. Lord, that you would come down into this physical dimension and anoint everything that we're doing tonight. We thank you for your presence already. And tonight, Lord, as this living spoken word, this rhema word goes forth, let it minister, let it find its place. Let it find that position and that condition and minister to it in our hearts. Even to those that would listen on this podcast, send a spirit of revelation, change and power and demonstration. Lord, confirm your word with signs following, not because I'm speaking, but because your word is forever settled in heaven. It's unchanging. God, I pray that you will bless us tonight. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. And you can be seated. And as always, hold on to your Bibles. The focal point to my text message would be in that act of forgetting. And yet, while he is forgetting, he is reaching. He's reaching. He's focused on the mark. It's not the prize, but it's the mark that points him to the prize. He said, that's what I'm reaching for. So uh, I want to turn our attention again to the book of John, the gospel of John, chapter 20. The gospel of John, chapter 20. John's writing and record is just hours into post-resurrection. You find in verse 6 of John 20 that Simon Peter cometh following him and he went into the sepulcher and seeth the linen clothes lie. 
and the napkin that was about his head not lying with the linen clothes. Notice this. How is it that the clothes were still laying there where his body was prostrate in that sepulcher? I'm going to tell you why. His resurrected body passed through those clothing. Hallelujah. But notice what he did. He took time to fulfill an old Jewish custom. He could have left that napkin laying just as it was because his body passed through anything that was physical there. My Lord. He took time to fold the napkin that was over his face and his head. And in that act of tradition, he was saying this, because any time that you got invited to a festive occasion and you were a guest at whatever the festival was and you were sitting there being treated to food and whatever else took place, it was within their custom to know how the napkin was left at the table setting that told the individual, thank you, I will return. If the napkin was left in the condition they used it and left there on the plate, it said, thank you, I enjoyed myself, I will return. But if the individual took the napkin, folded it neatly and left it on the plate, it said, no thank you, and I will not be back. So Jesus takes the napkin around his face, folds it neatly, saying, I've accomplished this. Thanks, but no thanks. But I will not be coming back. Think about that for a moment. So here's Peter. He's finding these linen clothes just there where the body was. But the napkin was not lying with the linen clothes, verse 7, but wrapped together in a place by itself. In other words, it was folded, placed neatly. Jesus said, I'm not coming back. Then went in also that other disciple which came first to the sepulcher, and he saw, notice verse 8, what he says. He saw. Somebody say, he saw. And he believed. All it took was a visual. Oh my, I feel the Holy Ghost. All it took was a visual of where Jesus was laying. And to see this sepulcher, sepulcher post, <laughs> yeah. post-burial, post-resurrection in that condition. Nobody had to say a word. It was what he saw that caused him to believe. Notice what it says in verse 9. For as yet... They knew not the scripture that he must rise again from the dead. He told them parabolically for three and a half years. If you destroy this temple in three days, I will rebuild it. Went over their heads. It's all of any kind of insight that he gave them. He didn't tell them I'm going to die and rise again. He said, if you destroy this temple... And they were thinking about the temple there in Jerusalem. Said, how can a man do that in three days? Took years to build. How's he going to do that? was the only thing that they ever received from him parabolically. 
they missed it. So it's just a supporting cast of the story that none of them knew the scripture said that he, notice what he says, yep. he must rise again. Yep. <laughs> it is a scientific fact. It is Bible truth. Jesus died. Yes. There was a cessation of life. They put him in a borrowed tomb. But he rose again. So we're not serving a dead God tonight. Where is he? Well, he's not in Jerusalem. He's everywhere. He's here tonight. You sense his presence. The power of the Holy Ghost. Then the disciples went away again unto their own home. So this is the setting. This is just hours into the resurrection. Verse 24. But Thomas. But Thomas. Somebody say that with yeah. me. Thomas. But Thomas, one of the twelve called Didymus, was not with them when Jesus came. <laughs> the other disciples therefore said unto him, we have seen the Lord. And he said unto them, except I shall see in his hands. What a contrast to the one disciple that all it took was to see the grave clothes and he believed. Now here comes another disciple and now he says, except I shall see in his hands the print of the nails and put my finger into the print of those nails and thrust my hand into his side, I will not believe. I'll give Thomas this much. At least he was honest about it. He was not a hypocrite about what he felt. At least he was honest. I give old brother Thomas credit. He was honest. Look at somebody and say he was honest. So now we're eight days into the resurrection. His disciples were with him. This same post-resurrected body that has not quite been fully consummated with glorification passes through the door where the disciples are. After eight days again, his disciples were with him. Thomas with them, then came Jesus, the doors being shut. <laughs> the door stepped through the closed door, stood in the midst and said, peace be unto you. That's why he can move right here behind this pulpit and still move for you where you're sitting. Closed doors don't stop my God. One thing will, though, closed hearts. Make sure tonight you don't have a closed heart. Lift your hand and say, I don't want a closed heart. Then saith he to Thomas, Jesus made a house call. Eight days into his resurrection, makes a house call. Because what Thomas didn't realize is even though Jesus was not within proximity of that statement that day when he said, except, he heard him say it. I have to believe, Brother Aaron, that he went there for Thomas's sake. He said, I'm not going to knock on the door. I'm not going to mess with them. I'm not going to bother them. I'm just going to pass through the door. 
Because yep. I've got something to prove to Thomas here. Yep. Right. I'm going to let him know that what I said came to pass. Right. Yep. That if they kill and destroy this temple in three days, it will rise again. Yep. So the door walked through the door. Yeah. Notice what he says upon entering that room where the disciples were. He said, Thomas, reach hither. Yep. So tonight for a few moments, I want to minister on this thought. The reach. It's all about the reach. Thomas, reach. Somebody say reach. Reach. Reach hither thy finger and behold my hands. Ooh, la beta. Hallelujah. He said, reach hither thy hand, thrust it into my side. Be not faithless, but believing. Aren't you glad tonight based upon this account that God doesn't walk away from someone who is unbelieving to the things of God. Some of us tonight have, whether or not we want to admit it, been in Thomas's shoes. We have been in these services and lifted our hands and meant it no more than we wanted to be walking on the moon. But thank God he didn't walk away from us. He said, Thomas, I'm here because of you. The living stone, he's here because of you. He said, it's all about the reach. If you'll just reach out and touch these nail prints in my hands, you'll understand that everything that I said was the absolute truth. He said, I have no gimmicks to offer. I have no reason to lie to you. I'm the same one they killed. They laid me in a borrowed tomb. Amen. But here I am, resurrected again. Reach forth your finger. Reach forth your hand and be not unbelieving but have faith somebody say I want faith tonight notice the revelatory answer that he gave to Jesus Trinitarians don't like this next statement he said my Lord and my God the Lord is not separate from God. Jesus is Lord, but Jesus is God. We sung about it tonight. He's God in the Father. He's God in the Son. He's God in the Holy Ghost. And all these three are one. You better thank God tonight for the revelation of his word. Because Jesus said there are some that have eyes and they see not. They have ears and they hear not. He said, but blessed are your eyes for they see. And blessed are your ears for they hear. Amen. Let's love him for that beautiful revelation. Somebody ought to say Jesus is God. He is the almighty God. Hallelujah. Look at somebody in this town say the reach. Tell them, say, brother, sister, it's about the reach. Thomas's demand for the evidence was actually a step backwards. It had nothing to do with the realms of faith. He doubted, and he was quick to admit it. He said, unless I see. 
and I have tangible, visible evidence depending and relying upon the senses of his physical human body that act and that statement was not built upon faith. It was a step backwards, but the Lord heard him regardless. Reach hither. The words not only apply to the facts of the resurrection, but to Thomas's spiritual condition. How many times have we given God lip service? And what we were saying was not even connected to our heart. How can that be? I don't know, but Jesus penned it in the Old Testament. He said, with their lips and mouth, they do praise me, but their heart is far from me. It's not always the loudest one that's the most spiritual. Hallelujah. Somebody said, amen. Why don't we just lift our hearts to him tonight and say, God, it's not just about my mouth, but I want my heart to be connected tonight. Notice what he says to Thomas. He says, Thomas, because thou hast seen me and hast believed. Blessed are they that have not seen yet have believed. Notice what he says in verse 30. In that moment of fellowship and communion with his disciples. Many other signs truly did Jesus in the presence of his disciples. Which are not written in this book. Well, I feel the Holy Ghost. Wow. I stand amazed tonight at my God. When the world pays top dollar for amusement, they stop at nothing to find another fix to look for more amusement. I stand amazed at my God tonight that we can walk into a physical building and we can summons the name of Jesus, invoke the power of that name. And all of a sudden, something starts tracing down your back in the form of chills and a move that takes place. And I know better than this, Brother Rich, it's not just emotionalism, but God has always proven his presence to his people. It's as if he's saying tonight, reach forth your hands, reach unto me, because it's all about the reach. And so with that in mind tonight, I've got a question for us. What are you reaching for? What could absolutely be more valuable and precious than the Lord himself? That you and I would make the time to reach for something else. When he's everything we've ever needed. He's a counselor. Yes, he is. He's a lawyer in the courtroom. He'll move against state authority to say, hey, you ought to give this guy his driver's license back. Who can do that but only God himself? Can I remind us tonight, he's the one that said, I'm the one that rules in the kingdom of men. It's not governors. It's not senators. It's not presidents. It's the king of kings that says, reach unto me. Reach for me. What are we reaching for? Who are you reaching for? This reaching would solidify his faith and define his character. His reach that evening 
to the nail prints and the riven side would pull Thomas out of hesitation, out of unbelief, pull him out of fear by one reach to the master. So if one reach to the master pulls him out of hesitation, unbelief, and fear, I wonder what our reach to the world does. I believe it puts it right back in us when we're reaching for things that don't even pertain to God. Hallelujah. But if you and I can understand tonight the importance Keep doing what you're doing. Yes. Even though they persecute you. Yes. Keep showing up and keep having a move of yes. God. Yes. Even if you end up with 20 people here, yes. get here and have a move of God. As long as there's three, where two or three are gathered together in my name. The important thing is that I'm not here, but he's here. As long as he's here, just keep reaching. Keep believing. The world says there's no revival. But I'm going to keep reaching for revival. Amen. Even our own little church world says, you don't need to preach that way anymore. But I'm going to keep reaching regardless. Because I know there's somebody that's hungry for the move of God. I know there's somebody that appreciates the move of the Holy Ghost. That isn't here just to look good. That isn't here to be noticed. But somebody's reaching out. That says, I'm going to reach if you don't reach. I'm going to pray if you don't pray. I'm going to reach if I'm the only one reaching. It's about to reach, church. We reach to him right now. It's only human nature that we need proof and evidence that God is real. Look around the room tonight. God is real. Yes. You got former drug addicts sitting yes. here tonight. Yes. Amen. You got former devil worshippers sitting yes. here tonight. Yes. You got former liars and cheaters and adulterers and fornicators. Yes. You're not that anymore, but you're a child of God. Isn't that evidence enough yes. to know there is a God that can change us? There is a God that can put joy in us. My account full to have joy. Yeah. Just give me the joy of the Holy Ghost. I don't need things going my way in order to keep reaching. I just want to reach because God's been good to me. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my Lord, I feel a spirit of revival here. Let's love Him right now. We always tend to need evidence. In our finite minds, we, in our educated culture thinking, we need evidence. We need proof. What I feel here tonight is proof enough to convince me that God is real. Yes. Amen. You put somebody down in the waters of baptism that has stage four cancer and not only do they come out with their sins washed away, but the cancer's gone. Yes. Wow. Where else Thank can you, you get Lord. that? Amen. Amen. That's right. Amen. Amen. You know it's true. That's right. Somebody ought to say hallelujah. Hallelujah. It took a fleece of wool to convince Gideon. Yeah. 
He's hiding, <laughs> threshing corn, trying yeah. to keep it from the Midianites. Just a little barrel of corn. The angel shows up and says, oh, mighty man of valor. You've got the wrong address, buddy. Right. <laughs> I'm cheap and I'm scared. Are you sure you're talking to the same fella? The angel probably said, I'm seeing what God sees and not what you see. Some of you need to start seeing yourself as God sees you. Instead of this old discontented, always discredited, I'm just a child of God. <laughs> no, you ought to stand up and say, I am a child of God. Put a smile on your face. Let the world, let the devil know, I am a child of God. I have no reason to cry about it. It's all about the reach, baby. It's all about what are you reaching for? Social media? Tick and talk and tic tac toe? <laughs> Look at somebody and say this with me. Be careful what you ask for. Be careful what you wish for. Be careful what you reach for. Because you will find it. It is said that if you look at a person, and I've heard this said by the old timers, you show me your friends, I'll show you your future. But tonight I want to change that somewhat and say, if you show me what you're reaching for, I'm going to show you your future. Because it's all about the reach, folks. Don't reach for Jesus just because you're here and then leave here and reach for Hollywood. That's right. Social media has become our ever affordable babysitter. Don't cost anything. We'll just put them on and let social media baby. Be careful what you're reaching for. Can I get an amen? Got quiet right there. Somebody say it's okay. I'll get quiet because it hurts. Just admit it hurts. Nowhere in the scripture says preaching is going to feel good. He just said the foolishness of preaching is going to save you. Whether or not you like it, it's going to save you. God's not interested in being validated by your opinion. He said, I'm going to reach for you. You need to reach back for me. It hurts, folks. Man, it hurts. I don't like it. How about you? But I want to be saved. Esau reached for a bowl of pottage and became Edom. Jacob reached for an angel and he became Israel. It matters what you reach for. And when the world says it's better to serve me than it is to serve God, You've got too many rules and regulations. You can't do this and you can't do that. I say, wait a minute. It's not that I can't do this or can't do that. I choose not to do it because I know it's all about the reach. And tonight, baby, I'm reaching for that mark. We're near the end. I can see the finish line. It's not time to reach for anything else. 
It's not time to reach for Hollywood. It's not time to reach for dead religion. It's time to reach for the prize. To reach forth is to reach ahead. Amen. Look at somebody and say, ahead. ahead. I'm talking to smart folks. I know that. Some of you have got college degrees. If anything, you got a fever, and at least you show up with some degrees. Yeah. <laughs> reach onward requires that you and I come out of hiding, out of obscurity. Here's where the challenge is. I guarantee you, because we know how the devil works, you know what a lot of his arsenal is? It's your past. He's telling some tonight, sit there and do nothing. Because you backslid too many times. I wouldn't even raise my hands, you hypocrite. Drag you across that battlefield of your past. What you need to do is let him know, I'm forgetting. How many times do I forget, preacher? Every day that I wake up. When the devil says, you remember what you used to be? I said, no, because it's under the blood. It's under the blood a long time ago. I repented. I repented last night. And I'll repent again this morning. Amen. I'm forgetting those things that are behind. I might have backslid three months ago, but I'm here tonight. And I'm going to lift my hands. I'm here right now. And I'm going to get revival. It's all about my reach. Oh, I feel revival wow. here. Yeah. Amen. Let's lift our hands together. Thank you, Jesus. Woo, I feel it. Something brewing. Something moving. That proverbial something moving. Something. If God delivered me, why should I be bound? He filled me with the Holy Ghost. Why should I be found? He's given me a promise. Why should I sit silently? Why should I act like I'm preoccupied by something more important than Jesus? Why should I sit there and act like I'm dead? Well, the God that I serve is resurrected. Forgiving your past. Say this with me, please. It's under the blood. Amen. Let me say this for the benefit of something. The Holy Ghost is quickening me. I believe it's Psalm 34. You don't have to go there. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. The Lord took me on a spin from a different perspective of that that verse of scripture here back about a year, year and a half ago. He says, when a judge makes a decision in his courtroom, he's actively sitting on his bench judging whatever cases are in front of him. And he makes a ruling on a case. He signs off on the case, he signs off on the documentation, 
history, it used to be that when a judge, Brother Edwards, signed off his signature with his judgment over the case, broke the nib of the pen. Meaning that not even the judge could go back and change his ruling. Jesus said, I've already paid the price. I wrote it in blood and I broke the nib of the pen. Not only can the devil not bring it back into my courtroom, but it's under the blood and I can't even change it. This is what the writer said when he said the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. When the devil tells you you're not worthy and you can't afford an attorney, what you need to do is stand up flat-footed and just begin to plead the blood. Just begin to plead the blood because none of us are worthy. None of us can buy our way out. But thank God for mercy. That didn't cost you any extra. Put that in your briefcase, though. File it away. That was a pretty good one. Forgetting the past. Look at somebody else say, forgetting your past. All your failures. You look good sitting where you're at tonight. You look better sitting here than you did at the bar. The devil didn't like that because he said, uh-uh, it's not as hard. Oh, it's really hard serving the devil. You look better sitting here than you did anywhere else. Tell yourself that. Stick your chest out. Remember who you are. You're a child of God. Straining, reaching to what lies ahead. Doesn't say it's going to be easy, nor will it be without pain. But I'm going to reach. Don't let yesterday's failures derail you. I'm reaching for a heavenly prize. I see it. The older I get, and the closer to the coming of the Lord that we are, I, I can see the finish line. Oh, Jesus. Don't quit. We're close to home. Prophecy is being fulfilled. Things are happening that you're not even aware of. Don't let CNN and NBC and CBS tell you otherwise. Go back to the B-I-B-I-L-E. It's always been true and it's going to be true. That God knows what's going on before it even happens. How can that be? Because he spoke about it. I'm reaching. Man, it's the highest calling you'll ever have. It's a heavenly prize. The Apostle Paul distinguishes between the mark and the prize. He aims at the one for the sake of the other. His eyes are dim now. He's an aged man. Uh, the familiar sound in his life has been that shame. He said that they're ashamed of. They're ashamed of my chain. He crawled back into the corner of the Mamertine prison. Write another epistle. But I can imagine only Paul could lift his hands and say, Thank you, Jesus, for not leaving me on the Sanhedrin. Thank you, Jesus, for not letting me think that I was okay. Thank you for meeting me on the Damascus Road. Thank you, Jesus, for not letting me think that I was saved when I really wasn't saved. 
Thank you, Jesus. Amen. This dungeon feels a lot better now that I know you're here with me. I don't need to be in palaces because the Holy Ghost is just as real here as any palace in the world. I don't need to be anywhere else. It's not going to hinder my reach. Reaching forth. He said that from a prison cell. We get discouraged because somebody hurts our feelings. Paul said that from a prison cell. I'm reaching this dungeon. Is it going to stop me? Oh, you don't know who hurt my feelings. Get over it, honey. Let's lift our hands. Maybe if you'll do that as an act of faith as he told Thomas to that you might find your healing tonight. Reach forth, Thomas. Reach forth, Thomas. The mark is one object. The prize is another. But one is the result of successful effort. I've often believed this and I've told my children. So no matter how small the victory is, you celebrate it. Everybody waits for the big victory to make a lot of noise. But if you'll celebrate the little victories. Amen. Right. Seemingly insignificant, Brother Gary, that that man would do for you, but celebrate that victory. Yeah. 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 Amen. Who knows? The next time you talk to him, he might just say, Hey, Gary, this is what we decided to do. We're just going to forgive you of the rest of that debt. You know why? Because you're making a sincere effort. It's all about effort, folks. You don't have to be first in line. Just get in line and stay in line. You don't have to be in the first five. Just get in line and make the effort. God will bless you. Everybody wants to be the loudest and the prettiest and have the brightest teeth. It's not all about that, baby. (laughs) That didn't cost you any extra either. We're running in a race. Paul said the crown is not a corruptible one. It's not a trophy to sit on a shelf and collect dust. It's incorruptible. We're not going to know what a sunrise and a sunset is anymore. Wow. (laughs) Dusk and dawn probably won't even be a memory. Because the Lamb is the light of that shit. Who are you reaching for tonight, preacher? I'm reaching for the Lamb. Yes. If he can show up in the beginning of creation and shine down his glory so he could do his handiwork to bring order out of chaos, light out of darkness. I want to be there in the end when they said, you're not going to need the sun anymore, baby. That's right. (laughs) Moon is just going to be a thing of the past. When you walk into the presence of the lamb, you've got all the light that you need. I know your human brains. I hear it right now. Zzz, zzz, zzz. Yes, that's right. Smoke is filling the sanctuary. How can that be? Oh, doubting Thomas. Yeah. Stop questioning and just believe. Yes. Amen. So I'm running, he said. Not as uncertainly. I may not run fast, but I'm going to run. Yep. Somebody say every step, every decision, it counts. Oh, it matters. I'm reaching. Can we reach tonight? 
I'm straining my will beyond my comfort zone. I'm pressing myself out of my predictability. Everything that's familiar and that I control, I've got to step out of that. That's where we get afraid. We like the predictable. We like the familiar. And so therefore we forget about faith. Can you imagine the frontier that God has for us if we'll just reach tonight? Brother Harold, this will ring a bell with you. He made a statement yesterday talking about there is no more common sense. Okay. <laughs> and there isn't. That's right. There isn't. But you know what the perfection and epitome of common sense is? It's serving God. Yep. If you have any common sense, you'll throw that bondage away. Let's not even talk about revelation and the enabling power of the Holy Ghost. But if God gave you sense, he gave you enough sense to leave the sin alone. So, Keep my commandments. And then he said, they're not grievous. So don't make it harder than it is. Just show up when you're supposed to be there. Pray when no one's around. You don't need to put a mark by your name. Just be there. Show up and I'll do the rest. You're reaching for something that's eternal. I've got this. I've got this request from my family. I said, when I go, because I've got a library of Bibles, and all of the kids said, Dad, when you go, can I have a Bible? To which I said, honestly, no. It's your own. <laughs> <laughs> and so I was met with, gee. <laughs> you know how us natives are. Gee. <laughs> so one of the girls, it may have been Joe, it, and it may have been, all of them getting their minds together said, well, you won't know any different because you're going to be dead. So my request was, when I die, put my cowboy boots in the coffin with me and my belt buckle. And I've got a cowboy hat that I wear at times. I've had it for years. And I said, put all my Bibles in there. And uh, the one casing from that 30 op that brought that big buck down. <laughs> I've got this unreasonable list of requests. And they said, Dad, you realize you're going to need two coffins. <laughs> and they finally scrapped the idea and said, You're not going to be able to enjoy that anyway. <laughs> My point is. You're not going to take it with you. So why are we holding on to it? Cars break down. Computers freeze. You can get another job. Yes, you can. As long as you're reaching for the prize tonight, that's all that matters. He said, seek ye first the kingdom of heaven and his righteousness.
righteousness. He said, I'll pay your bills. I'll get your driver's license back. I'll take care of the mortgage. I'll heal your body. I'll do all these things that you think you've got to do by yourself if you'll just reach for me. Just, just reach. Let's do that right now. Let's reach with sincerity. Reach. Living for God is the perfection of common sense. Your reaching tonight means that you'll have to endure to the end. It's going to hurt, saint of God. People will talk about you. Your feelings will be hurt. People you called your friends today may become your enemy tomorrow. I'm telling you, it's going to hurt. Amen. You're not always going to understand everything in your life, but you've got to keep reaching. Not everybody may agree with you, but that doesn't matter. Keep reaching. You might have said there's too many hypocrites at church. Doesn't matter. Keep reaching. I'm not here for the hypocrite. I'm not here for the half-baked, half-hearted Christian. I'm here because of Jesus. Amen. And as long as he's okay with them being here, then I'm okay with them being here. But I'm not going to let them dictate my reach. I'm not going to let them dictate whether or not I can have revival. Because God told me to run, not them. God told me to jump up and down, not them. God said to pull yourself out of your seat, not them. So I'm going to reach. I'm going to jump. I'm going to dance. I'm going to worship and praise. Because I remember where he found me. I, I, I'm not so cold in the Holy Ghost that I can be afford to be dignified in God. That's right. I got to keep reaching, sir. Somebody say, I got to keep reaching. Man, this, this is good stuff, I'm telling you. Reach into revival. It's going to take endurance. The fellowship of his sufferings. I was so embarrassed. It's amazing what embarrassment will do. Yes showed up in San Antonio, Texas to a revival. Forgot my suits back in Nolanville, Texas. So Brother Rich, I had to preach in my blue jeans and my Ariats. But I had a white shirt with me. I said, I'm going to make the best of a bad situation. So I called the pastor and I said, Pastor, I've got a slight dilemma what it is preacher I said I'm here my suits are still in Nolanville don't worry about it wear whatever you have let's have church thank God he doesn't move just because I've got a suit on you know what happened that night I was dancing around in Ariat boots and blue jean wranglers cops said all you gotta do is keep reaching don't let your clothes stop you don't let judgmental attitudes stop you. Just keep reaching. Just keep reaching to me. I'm going to bless you. Just keep reaching to me. If you have to come in your blue jeans and wore out tennis shoes, just show up and keep reaching. Keep reaching. Revival is here. There was one time.
time when the Apostle Paul was bleeding with self-pity. <laughs> I even despaired of life. I just wanted to quit and I wanted to get back on the ship, go home, go see mama, eat some biscuits and gravy. The Lord spoke to him for that. There's no way to put sugar on truth. That's right. Amen. Amen. If you're truly reaching, this man shouldn't have to pamper you. Right. Amen. Right. 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 He's a pastor, not a policeman. That's right. God didn't call him to a ministry of Michael Cosms where he's got to look at everything you do. He's just trusting that you're reaching. And as long as he's feeding you, you keep reaching. When you don't feel like it, keep reaching. When your divorce is under attack, keep reaching. When the devil says, look at you, you're a single parent, just keep reaching. Who cares what the devil says? What he's after is your integrity. Don't let him have your integrity. Keep reaching, keep reaching, keep praising, keep believing. So the Lord told Paul, said, Paul, brace yourself. Might need to lean on that chain a little bit. I'm going to tell you. Here's your answer. He said, in dear hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. What Paul wanted was, oh, baby. Jeez, it's going to be okay. Come here, lean up on mama. Let me burp you for a little bit. You poor little thing. They didn't put me on a list to sing. Oh, gee, come here. We chuckle and we rightfully should, but that's some of the stuff that keeps people out of church. He stole my parking spot. Go talk to the man who didn't have a car to drive there. He had to walk. He's going to tell you, just keep running, baby. And when you start complaining about having to walk, go to that person that doesn't have a leg and tell him about it. You know what he's going to say? At least you got two legs to walk to church. It's all about the reach, baby. We don't need more excuses. We need more consecration. We need more passion. We need more hunger. We've never had more than we have right now. That's right. Man, we're blessed. I slept last night in the evangelist quarters. Beautiful furnished basement. Got to wake up. Somebody said, thank God for a warm shower. Clean towels. Went upstairs to the smell of bacon and eggs. Look out now. And oh, I got it so hard. Hey, I woke up. I was in my right mind. Somebody put food in my belly. I'm blessed tonight. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. There's something, there's something energizing right now. I'm almost done. Let's lift our hands. There's revival here. I feel a baptism of revival in my spirit. God began to talk to me about this message this afternoon, even last night, and uh, I didn't want to seem 
out of place and tell your pastor, I feel like I've got a message. He was in tune. He said this morning, brother, do you, do you feel like preaching this evening? And without hesitation, I said, yes, sir, because I knew what God said. Tell Living Stone it's about to reach. You may be sitting here tonight and your faith, your consecration is withered. You're not what you could be or should be. But the fact remains you're here. You could be more. And the devil's reminded you of that. But you're here. Why don't you say that to him? Hey, I'm here and that's all that matters. Everything that you are right now may be withered. But God allowed his enemies to set him up. Jesus allowed his enemies to set him up. The Sanhedrin and the Pharisees broke Mosaic law to put a man inside the temple on this particular Sabbath morning. Broke all the laws that were ever written just to put him there because they wanted to catch Jesus in a lie. So there he sits with a withered hand. He's not supposed to be there. Jesus walks in cool, calm, and angry. That's what the Bible said. Notice what he did. It's about to reach. He didn't say, please remove said subject. He cannot be here. He said, sir, stand up. <laughs> I like Jesus. <laughs> now, would you be willing to stand if he told you to stand? Yep. Some of you are glued to your chairs. I've been right. watching you. Right. Wallowed out spot, won't let you go. You might have to take a plunger to get you loose. <laughs> get you out of there. Sitting smiling at me. Oh, that's good. Amen. Your answer could be at you standing up and saying, it's all about to reach, baby. Yeah. Don't leave it up to these old folks. Oh, sorry, brother. These old folks out shouting you. <laughs> Got more bounce to them than our 20-year-olds do. The 20-year-olds all say, hey, that old man ain't going to out-worship me. It's about the reach. And I'll tell you what I'm going to do if I have to walk the back of the pews. I'm going to walk the back of the pews. <laughs> it's a part of the reach. It's a part of the reach. So back to our man sitting there with a withered hand. Stand up. Luke records that it was the man's right hand. Resembled power. Your power may be withered right now. The devil's having a heyday with you. Stand up. So I'm looking at this narrative and I'll leave my glasses off so I can look at you. And then the Bible said Jesus looked around the room. Daring anybody to resist him. There stands the one man with probably several hundred people, worshipers, maybe thousands. One man standing. He gazes upon the whole congregation. Just Daring them. So not only does he say stand up, he says stretch forth. 
So the man has to remove that withered part of him because up to this point, Brother Aaron, he's been showing everybody his best side. Just look at this side. You don't want to see this side. And we walk into church that way. Wounded, half backslid, and we've got this plastic smile. Ain't spoken tongues in weeks. Can't worship. But don't look at that side. Look at this side. Look at this side. Look, this is my best side. My wife told me several years ago, honey, you don't have a best side. And she speaks truth, so I have to believe her. I don't have a best side. She said, you have many sides. So he's looking around. He's not grieved at their angry faces or even their smiling faces. He's grieved because of the hardness of their hearts. Is your heart hard tonight? Are you callous to the things of God? And then he breaks the silence again and says, stretch forth thine hand. Give me the withered part of you. Give me your woundedness. Give me your bitterness. Give me your unforgiveness. Give me your judgmental spirit. Stretch it out there, baby. Because it's all about the reach. You want to be set free tonight? You say you've been waiting on God, but you're sitting on God. God's waiting on you to reach out. You're waiting on the pastor to come with the word. God's giving you a word tonight. I worry about people that think they have to have a specific word every time. We have a word right here. And anytime the preacher opens up the word, that's word enough for you and I to receive witness from God. So someone needs to reach out tonight. Because it's about patterns and cycles. And you're recycling stuff that you should have been grown out of a long time ago. I'm saying that in love tonight. So, he reaches. Sister Taryn, he reaches, and the Bible says, immediately. His hand was restored whole. If there was any disability, it was gone. I'm telling you tonight, Living Stone, it's about the reach. Yes. Not about who you think you are. It's about your reach right now. You feel me tonight? The vulnerability of a man. God can take that and use it in that moment. Faith laughs at impossibilities. Faith demands that you and I tonight take that risk I can't afford to be talked about you can't afford not to be talked about stretch forth saint of God reach reach out of complacency reach out of passiveness reach out of lethargy you say one thing and do another. You need to align what you're saying with yeah. what you're doing. It's as simple as that. Amen. That's all of us. Truth be known, that's all of us. Reach 
brother, reach out of your comfort zone. Reach out of the predictability. Allow me tonight to give you an incentive to the reach. Hallelujah. Look above the problem tonight. Look above your affliction right now. Look above your financial dilemmas right now. Look above all of it right now. Could you just close your eyes? Because faith doesn't need natural sight. You just close your eyes and faith begins to work. Close your eyes Amen. and let faith see for you. Amen. Try it. That's biblical. You can see things with your eyes closed that you can't in the natural. Oh my, do it right now. Feel the Holy Ghost. Help us to reach tonight, Holy Ghost. And I, John, saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men. He will dwell with them and they shall be his people and God himself shall be with them and be their God. The Logos of God became a manifestation of his reach. Before he said it, he thought it. He had a reach in the garden before Eve partook of the forbidden. Because when he prophesied to the serpent, my heel is going to stomp your head. Yeah. That was a reach into the future. Hallelujah. But up until then, he was reaching with a pillar of cloud and a pillar of fire. Until then, he was reaching with a staff in Moses' hand. Until then, he was reaching through Elisha with dead men's bones. There's always been a reach that God has had down through time. Tonight he's reaching through the preached word. It's no different than when Elisha stepped inside the tomb of a dead man. Touched bones and they came to life. Yeah. I'm here to tell you it's about the reach. Yeah. He's reaching for you sis. He wants an intimate relationship with you. You might dress right. You might look right. But you're dead on the inside. You're like a whited sepulcher. You look pretty here, but you're full of dead men's bones. Can I walk in the Holy Ghost tonight? Can I help somebody tonight? It's time to stop playing church and start reaching out for revival. Please allow me to say this, and I know it's not going to say this way, but please allow me to say this, that I've been here Sunday and tonight, there has been a, a strain on this service. You have not had the liberty tonight and Sunday that I have felt weeks ago when we were here. Something is missing. And the Lord said, you know what it is? It's their reach. They're busy reaching for everything else. I say that in the love of God tonight. Am I all right, Pastor? I'm almost done. Oh, some of you, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, I see you, I see you, I see you. I know what it requires, Sister Lisa can tell you. 
I know what it requires to ride in the back of a nine unit doing CPR mouth to mouth on a dead person. It's a lot of work. It takes effort. It messes with your emotions. When all that's looking back is pupils that are fixed and dilated. And you're doing your dead level best to blow air into their lungs and do compressions. All the while trying to keep your balance in the back of a vehicle that's going 120 miles an hour. But that's where I am tonight. Trying to resuscitate somebody that the devil's been lying to. Trying to wake somebody up. That's falling asleep on the pew. Reach your hand up in the air saying, Oh God, it's been the same few that's been doing it, but some of you ought to get a hold of this tonight. Reach your hand up. I'm talking to you. I'm talking to all of us tonight. Sister Lisa, do you remember when there's a method that's outlawed? They don't do it anymore, but they used to take that long syringe full of epinephrine straight into the chest cavity, into the heart muscle, boom! And they would inject that epinephrine to try to stimulate the heart. I've come tonight with a needle full of the Holy Ghost. Right into your heart cavity, baby. If nothing else has stimulated you, I hope tonight the Holy Ghost is reaching for you. It's time to fold that grave cloth and let the devil know I'm not coming back here. As hard as it was, I'm not coming back here. I'm not going to let my situation define me. The devil's after you and your family. Can I give you a simple remedy tonight? Praise your way out. Don't sit there and sulk. Don't sit there and feel sorry. Praise your way out. Some of you still haven't lifted your hands. Why don't you try it right now? Lift your hands. Defy that spiritual gravity that's been holding you down. Defy the voice of the enemy. It's about to reach tonight. You're apostolic and some of you haven't even put your hands on the air one time. What are you reaching for, sister, brother? Let me reach in love. I'm not judgmental. I'm trying to help you. Some of you need to forgive tonight. This is the Holy Ghost. This just came to me. Familiarity breeds contempt. You know too much about people in this church that you think you're trying to use against them. Yes. To bring judgment against them. You better forgive. You're not so righteous yourself. Yes. You sit at home and talk about people that backslid and fail. Never mention the person that looks back at you, at you in the mirror. You've probably made more mistakes than they did. But you sit there and you throw cannonballs across the aisle. I'm going to tell you what it's doing. It's hindering revival. Yes. But God's allowed me to feel a spirit of revival here tonight. There's something moving in my soul. You go ahead and sit. God's moving. Amen. And God is going to move for those that are reaching tonight. Come on, praise team. Come on.
Sound man, come on, come on, media group. Come on, elders, let's reach out tonight. Let's reach out tonight. Come on, husbands. The devil's after your family. This altar's open. I don't know what it is that I have to do to get you here. All I'm going to do is open this altar because I'm done. There's a transferring of blood from my heart to your hands. It's about the reach. It's about the reach. You go to where you're reaching. We've learned to wear facades. This isn't no time to be wearing a facade. We've learned to lead double lives. It's time to be real with yourself. I'm not here to judge you. Come on, church, let's pray. Let's, let's get in this altar. I feel revival. You need to bring your opinions. You need to bring your ideas to this altar. This is your brother and your sister. We don't need a civil war in church. We need revival. Truth of the matter is, every last one of us should be on this altar tonight, from the youngest to the oldest. We should be here to promote revival, promote health, promote healing. Oh, I feel the whole. I didn't intend to preach this way. create migration and even in the heart of that man saith the Lord who thought it would be a temporary stay lost his own life and that of his son saith the Lord yea reach for me and not for the things of the world even those temporary things that you feel like that you're in control of saith the Lord yea those will have the power to Overtake you, saith the Lord. Come to me, even in this moment of famine. Migrate toward the cross, toward my blood, toward my presence. Yea, even the sorrow that you experience now. And the discouragement will leave if you will but reach for me, saith the Lord. Trust me and not yourself. Trust me and not your own understanding, saith the Lord. And I will deliver thee. 
For I desire to visit you. I desire to give you restoration as I have prophesied in my word. I am a God that will not lie. I am a God of my word, saith the Lord. Look to me and not the world as some of you are doing. Look to me, reach for me, and yea, I shall deliver thee. For I desire a love, saith God. I desire a relationship with you. I desire to be primary and not secondary, saith the Lord. Come unto me. Come unto me. Come unto me. For yea, there is bread in Bethlehem, Judah again. The famine shall come to an end, saith the Lord. There will be bread again. Come unto me, saith the Lord, and I shall prove my word to you. Toshe. Come on, saint of God. Some of you are still locked down. Come on. Come on. 